0: Go to the slash transistor
1: and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to the slash transistor. Start growing your podcast today. Cut.
2: Cut. Streaming services are on the rise and brick and mortar video stores are a thing of the past. We have lost that experience of wandering the aisles and stumbling upon a film we've never heard of. We have replaced the familiar face behind the video store counter with an algorithm to recommend films. With more and more content available, it's harder to know what's worth watching and what might be a waste of your time. There are many hidden gems out there waiting to be discovered, and we want to help you find them. This is Trailer Rewind, a podcast where we discuss and review recently forgotten or overlooked films that are now available to stream at home.
3: log. Final entry. Spock and I are the sole survivors. Enterprise. Are you there? Morning, Wendy. Morning, Scotty. Can we go over your everyday schedule? Wake up, go to work. Welcome to Cinnabon. Would you like a Cinnabon?
0: How's your script coming?
3: I just wrote a story where Spock travels to Deep Space Nine. That sounds awesome. 3 p.m., take Pete for a walk. 6 p.m., watch Star Trek before I go to bed.
4: Send in your script highlighting the best of the Star Trek universe. Next week, your
3: sister's coming. There's a Star Trek script writing contest. We can go to the post office, and then I can go home with you. Can you please tell Audrey that I'm ready to go home now? Please stand by. (laughs) Breathe. Your completed script must be received by February 16th. Where are you going? Los Angeles. (laughs) Bus driver, my friend needs to pee. Don't do it, Pete! This is what happens when you pee on the bus.
2: In today's episode, we are discussing Please Stand By today is May 25th, and Please Stand By is available on Hulu and Canopy. And
4: for those of you... I bet you watched it on Canopy, right? No, I've
2: got my Hulu subscription. So... Oh, I, I, <laughs>
4: but you're supposed to be supporting
2: Canopy. Well, here's the thing with Canopy. Because my library subscription gets me in there, I only have a certain number of credits, and I know it's... Oh, it's you got to it's, it. it's the end of the month. Sure. I've got like a week left in the month, and okay. I still have okay. all my credits, but That's I fair. never know. I, you're our Canopy
4: yes, guy. I, like I want I I, you know, I, yes,
2: I to spread the good word. Yeah, but I I sometimes... I just think, I want to save those credits. Am I going to use all 12 of them in the next week? Probably not. But so when it's available right. on Hulu, I feel like, well, this justifies my subscription. One more thing that I'm watching on Hulu since I'm paying for it. But for those of you that sure. that have a, you know, in the United States have a public library account that is linked to Canopy, you can check it out there. So this one had a very interesting release approach. Uh, this was okay. 2018, so pre-pandemic, but it was one of those smaller films that was released into theaters and on-demand video, so that day and date release on January 26, 2018. It had a really, really small theatrical release, only seven screens, and was in theaters for only a month. During that month, it made made less than $10,000. So I think they just counted on people, you know, renting it on video on demand. Internationally, it did much better. It made $396,000. The vast majority of it was from South Korea, where Please Stand By made $325,393. Why South Korea, I wonder. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's the Star Trek thing that, you know, did it. It's something Maybe. about the structure of the story, but it made 149000 of that on the 325 screens during opening weekend of June 1st, 2018 in South Korea. And then yep. uh, became available on Blu-ray and digital platforms on May 1st, 2018. So this is one that did yep. not really find an audience audience here clearly you know something in south korea you know 325 screens makes sense united states seven screens so they went with an international approach for that uh so that you know gets to the question of this is a small film who is this for what you know what what did we think about this the the basis of it is really i mean there's a whole core of this that's related to star trek and i think maybe that's the first question you know do you think you really need to be familiar with star trek to connect and enjoy this connect with and enjoy this film
4: i don't think so i think i mean there's there's one part where it becomes super helpful to just have a sort of feel-good moment in it but other than that it doesn't it it basically it, it actually gives you an audience surrogate for someone who doesn't know about star trek so i don't think i don't think you need to know ahead of time but to take to take the drama or to take the story to an additional level you will have a nice uh additional core of information about what uh what autism is and how uh and how the the nature of autism can be represented in 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 characters in the world um with an understanding about star trek but and so that aided me a little bit but i don't think that's necessary because i think the heart of this film is really the drama that's involved with taking or caregiving and um and just everything that that is involved in this in this uh, autistic girl's life. So I think uh, I don't think you need to. Oh, so I'll just okay because that that was one of the things that actually was
2: an interest point to me when I was looking through things to decide what to put in trailer rewind. I thought, okay, Dakota Fanning. We haven't seen her in a while. We've got Tony Collette right. as well, and we've got a, a Star Trek theme to it. So I thought, okay, I'm a I'm a Trekkie. I'm a fan of Star Trek. What role does nice. this this play? And I was really pleased to see that. If you're a Star Trek fan, sure, you're, you're going to connect with it, you're going to get references. But as you said, they do a, a good job of setting up a character that... Uh, Tony Collette's character who has no clue what
4: Star Trek is. Uh, so, you know, she's, you know, her son explains. Coincidentally named Scotty, <laughs> which is actually a really nice little uh, tidbit to Star Trek. Yes. But we'll talk about that a little bit, little bit yes. more when we get into So, films.
2: anything that's, I think, you get the general gist of it. You know, what what are Tribbles? That gets explained to her. But it is really, you know, the main character, Wendy, her story about kirk and spock i think those are characters that in general people know a few things about them but it does explain the basics of that of what a vulcan is the whole disconnection from emotions and i think that plays a nice way to connect things for wendy our main character of writing a script about a character spock who Again, that whole split between human and Vulcan, and the emotional side, and does, how does he deal with feelings and all those struggles? Something that, that she really connects to. But again, it's not anything that you need to do your research or have sat through any Star Trek movies prior. I think it, it gives everything there. So then, is this a uh, as you said about uh, you know caregiving of an, an adult? Uh, that's oh, yeah. you know a good chunk of this. So that is, is that something that I need to, you think that an audience member needs to have a connection with, uh, to be able to relate that's, to,
4: that, to, to really get yeah. invested in this story? Well, that's, you know, that's a big part of my life. Uh, I had a, a long period where I shouldn't say long period. I had a number of years where I was caregiver as an adult. And, um, I think, Again, I don't think you need it necessarily because I think a lot of it is inferred. But for those of us who, like, I'm going to get emotional even just talking about it. But for those, uh, for those of us who have dealt with the idea of how to have a life and also care for someone uh, who needs it, who needs 24-hour care, and th- if, that you love, and how to etch your way out of that, this movie becomes very, very powerful in that way and that for me i mean it hit me right in the feels the whole way i had lots and lots of emotional moments throughout this film because of that connection so uh, I, I would recommend it for anyone who is a caretaker caregiver in any sort of way um, but again i don't think it's necessary because if you uh if you are interested in that or are you interested in the drama that surrounds whether it's uh, you know, Wendy's condition or, uh, or anything uh, it related to this, I think it's going to be a powerful movie for you either way. But again, that's just one of those added pieces that's going to, it's going to stack up for you if you, if you watch it and you are a caregiver.
2: Yeah. I felt that, uh, you know, it's really Wendy's story sort of her her, her journey, but the inciting incident that connections that whole relationship with her sister, as you know, and and Scotty, as you know, Wendy being in the home and trying to develop that independence, being a part of it. I felt that it's something that, I, not having been in that situation, it's something that I felt like made sense i could relate to that but I, I think clearly yes people that have had that experience will connect with this in a way that uh, is meaningful to them but
4: um yeah it was yeah, huge huge yeah. for me
2: but, i mean otherwise this is pretty much just a, a straight drama i guess i'd maybe put it sort of in the road trip category because we've got a character going on a journey i mean that's that's set up from the well beginning. and i know this
4: wasn't part of the Series with Peanut Butter Falcon, but it actually backs up Peanut Butter Falcon in a really interesting way. When you think about the sort of where where I saw that was a little bit more whimsical. This one is a little bit more serious, but uh, but other than that, there is a, a, a nice bridge between the two of these about freedom and um, and and the way to treat individuals that are are dealing and growing through uh, their 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 different challenges.
2: So. Yeah, it's something I don't think I intentionally planned, but just sort of felt like, oh, this is this, this is it. a follow-up <laughs> uh, feature that just builds off of that. I thought, we're, we're going to touch on some similar themes here. So, where, where yeah. did this one fall in terms of your overall ranking and ratings? You know, how did you feel about Please Stand By?
4: Yeah, so it jumped up to a pretty high place for me uh, because it was so effective dramatically. And that is something that's really big to me. I also think the execution of the film was... Um, was pretty great and we're going to talk about that in the different ways um it was very effective in the way that they uh that they rolled out the story and the way that they depicted it on camera so for me i gave it three and a half stars and a like on Flickchart. it it was it's in a really weird place like usually i can have stories about you know uh, about why it feels like it's sitting there but it's uh, at 104 out of 255 for me and that's just below dr strange and just above solo uh, a star wars story so I, I just i don't know if i'm how i feel about that because it's nothing like either of those films so um i I don't know exactly why it sits there but um but that feels high to me uh based on everything we just talked about about its release schedule and how much money it made and how it's generally a smaller type of a film but uh it really worked for me the story was very effective very emotional it was a tearjerker when i was happy with having a tearjerker so it's a very positive film for me how about you yeah
2: i came in at three and a half stars and a like also with this one so on my flick chart, it came in at 325 out of 730. So again, I think we're both putting it just slightly above that that halfway point. And I think that the right. challenge yeah. is this is one of those films, again, coming at three and a half stars where, yeah, it's it's an entertaining film. It's solid. It, it does what it needs to very well, but there's nothing that to me elevates it into that that upper tier so it does put it in sort of an an odd spot you end up in that that middle ground of things for for me it ended up well just above uh john frankenheimer's film seconds that pete and andy talked about in the main show okay and then just below and i typically don't normally rank rate short films. But Wes Anderson did a a little short film called Hotel Chevalier, which is sort of the prologue Mm -hmm. to Darjeeling Limited. And so when I purchased that digitally, it came with packaged with the short. So it's in this weird spot right in there between these two films. So right about 55%. If I go a little bit higher than Hotel Chevalier, I get the recent documentary, My Octopus Teacher, that was nominated for for Oscars, for Best Documentary Oscar. And then uh, just below seconds is the Hummingbird project that we just talked about, you know, recently. So it's it's in that middle-ish ground where I, you know, feel comfortable. It's in a mix of a, a lot of things, but again, one that I really enjoyed. And I'd say, yeah, that's probably where it fits. I you know, when I when I rank it. Um, so it has a weighted average review on letterboxd of 3.2 and over at imdb it has
4: that's close to what we did it has a ranking of
2: 6.7 over at imdb so again we have right in that range of like yeah this is a film that i think is definitely worth watching and listeners if you think this is your kind of film and don't want anything spoiled this is your chance to pause the podcast and check out please stand by on hulu and canopy We're gonna jump into the story here, JJ. But the first thing I want to touch yeah. on is, so this is the second film that we've talked about recently that's adapted from a play. The last one was way back, well, a few episodes ago, we talked about Loose, which was also adapted Loose, from a yeah. play. Okay, and got it, got again, it. there was nothing in Loose that let on that it was adapted, you know, from a play because of, you're in various locations. This one also, and I found out it was adapted from a, a play. Like, this is a whole road trip movie, so it it doesn't have that sense of, like, we're going to confine characters to a small room that, you know, single setting. It is a, you know, film that covers a lot of territory.
4: I can see it more than loose, though. I can see it more where you can float some backgrounds and and, as they're on the road and stuff like this. One of the the thing that... I didn't know this until until you told me right now. So, uh, I will say, um, I wouldn't have guessed that it was adapted from a play, but one of my very few complaints about the film is that I don't like the title and uh, and uh, please stand by as the convention to calm Wendy down when she's having tantrums and that becomes the title here but now when you say that it's adapted from a play I don't know if the play is about the same title but it sounds like that's something that would be held by the play okay. and something that they would do on stage in a demonstrative way about what was happening so then that makes me feel like oh okay yeah that makes sense if they pulled that from the play because I don't really get I mean I feel like there's so many different things you could you could point to as a title for this film. Play stand doesn't really work and doesn't really communicate anything about what's happening in the film.
2: No, it doesn't. It's an, it's an odd title, but when you get to that moment in the story, I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I see why that's, why that's the title. It's, it's again, coming from the play, you can see how that may be a key piece. We only get it in one. Well, then we get it in a couple points because it is when Wendy's sort of having her, her her moment and and Scotty is calming her down, but we also see Wendy use that herself to sort of self soothe when she's worked up about you know get, whether she's going to make the deadline for for delivering her script. Right. She uses that as that sort of self soothing um, technique. So that is yeah. It, could there be a better title? Yeah, I don't know, but it it made sense to me once we got to those points. I'm like, oh okay, because I I figured, oh does that have to do with the fact that she is writing a script for Star Trek, that she's somebody that's fascinated with TV. Is that what the connection is? And it, it doesn't get into it. It doesn't explain why that phrase is used, but clearly I, I think that's something that either was in the play and got cut, or is just something that we're to sort of piece together as an audience. Because we, as we, early on in the story, we get sort of establishing Wendy's world, what her daily Routine is, because we, as we are introduced to her and Scotty, Scotty, you know, asks her to, you know, what what is, let's review your daily schedule. And Wendy walks us through sort of her, her daily routine. Uh, we get her um, routine with her sweaters, you know, different colors for different days, you know, her process of, of all the things that yep. she needs to do to get herself functioning in her day and to work
4: well and used really well too i want to mention this now uh, because it, it, it makes sense in the teaching us of the way her routine with her sweaters when she has the evolution of the character and we come around to the end this is really kind of a first spoiler where she's starting to find some independence she has a new sweater that we hadn't been introduced during the routine earlier right she didn't have stripes in the earlier scene but then she does when she finally is given the freedom to come and actually meet her uh her niece which i think is is really one of those beautiful takebacks that they don't explain to you in the story one of my favorite things about this movie is that they don't feel they need to spoon feed you information about the character's development they show you they don't tell you yes
2: exactly it was something that I noted as well because we she explains different colors for the days that we can one of the days is polka dots but yes at the end we see her with the stripes the other thing that I noticed when we see her going through is how they transition from day to day we see her in her daily routine of like I put the sweaters She puts the sweater on, but as she's putting the sweater on, we go. She says Monday is this color, Tuesday is this color, and the sweaters change colors. But it's all sort of one continuous process. So as we do the cut from, she's putting the sweater over her head. It's one color. Then when she pulls it over her head, it's a different color. She gets it. She's pulling it down. It's another day. It's a different color. So you get the continuity of her movement, but the colors are 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 changing. So you get that
4: sense of sequence interesting and efficient storytelling yes. and they use that you know with again they use the film uh, the film medium as an art here and I, I i love that kind of stuff we need to see more of that
2: yeah so we we get interested to wendy early on we get a sense of what her routine is What her place is in the world, that she's got a very small box that she lives in. She, you know, there's a street that she cannot cross on her way to work. She is forbidden from crossing Market Street. Exactly. So that's
4: under no circumstances. Under
2: under no circumstances at all. And that will become important later on. Uh, But so then we get introduced to uh, Wendy's sister, Audrey, and her husband, and, and their and their daughter. Uh, and this is where I was trying to get a sense of where are we going? We get a sense that, you know, Wendy has this, you know, script that she's going to work on that, you know, she wants to submit because she's a Star Trek fan, all of that. And I thought, okay, where is this story going? That's when Audrey comes to visit. And we, you know, Scotty has hinted that your sister's coming to, you know, your sister's coming to visit. Uh, but this is where, when Audrey shows up at the home, we really get sort of... A, the, where the story is going to go or what Wendy's expectations are. We get a sense of... Yes, Wendy's frustrated by living, you know, in the home. Again, something similar to Peter, Peanut Butter Falcon of a person that feels that they are capable of functioning in the world and being told, no, you have to live in this this small little box. And right. when Audrey, you know, says to Wendy, no, you can't come home with me. You can't help take care of the baby. You, you're not able to do these things. Uh, Wendy has her, her meltdown. And I thought, okay, that gives us the, the conflict. We, you know, get the sense of, Audrey's exhaustion, you know, her inability to take on another responsibility. She's got her husband, she's married, she's got an infant at home. There's a lot for her. She can't take on this additional burden of Wendy, whereas Wendy felt has felt she's made all this progress and and can uh, move out of the home and, and go back home to the with her sister. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. We get the the dynamic between the two. But this is where the story really kicks into gear, because that is, Wendy has her whole plan of, I'm going to go home with Audrey, and on the way, we're going to stop at the post office to mail her script so that it gets there by the deadline. She has her meltdown, all that, you know, she's alone in her room, sort of being reclusive, not engaging with anyone, and then she realizes, oh no, tomorrow is Sunday, and the following day is a Monday, and the deadline is in Tuesday, so there's no way for her to mail in her script her star trek script for the the competition so this incites the whole journey of you know i have got to go and deliver the scripts to paramount pictures and so she figures out her plan
3: put on an outfit monday orange tuesday lavender wednesday blue thursday dots friday yellow saturday purple sunday is red go into
2: the kitchen i could see sort of the structure of the plot of okay what, why do we need Wendy to become independent? Why do we need her to go on this road trip? Well, we're going to build in the incident with her sister. So we've got no Wendy, you can't. So now we've got dual purposes of I'm going to deliver the script and I'm going to show everybody that
4: I can do this on my own. I can get out into the world to do did this. You, did you feel like that was what was going on there? Because I, I, I didn't. I was all on the script idea. There was. Like, I don't think she would have left. I I didn't get enough of the peanut butter Falcon part of it where I'm going to, I can do this. I thought it was more so triggered by that she needed, that the Star Trek was actually her key to independence, not that she was independent enough to get the Star Trek. Does that make sense? Yes.
2: And I will say in the beginning, yes, I agree with you. It's all about, I have to deliver the script because... The key to the script is if she wins, she's got $100,000 and she can help out so she's sort of financially right. able to support herself and provide and, and not be a burden on her sister. But there is a yep. point along the journey uh, where I think there is a pivot to that. I mean, first, she has to make the take the steps of she's got to cross Market Street. So that's the first sort of violation of the rules that she's going to take as she's not allowed to, and she's going to go across Market Street to get to the bus that she needs to get to. But later on, there is a point where she is at a payphone outside and she's going through her little notebook that has all her rules and there's yep. the picture of her niece and there's also a card that says if i got if i get lost call nine one one, and someone will help me and she yep. discards that card and for me that is the, the the shift for her of i'm i can take care of myself
4: now I love that that's the way you interpreted that. I didn't even get that when she did that. I thought it was petulant and in the purpose of her pursuit, but that is a great way to look at that. That now, because literally I think what the card says, call 911 and someone will help you. And she evaluates it next to the picture of Ruby, her niece, and she says, no, I don't need help. I can do this. That's so smart. I'm really glad that you interpreted it that way. That's so much cooler than what, what I saw in it. <laughs> I'm very serious. Yeah. I think I I, I I like that idea. Well, I want to go well,
1: with
2: that. A, a lot the way she has a she's got some barriers along her way, so her first is she gets on the bus and to step on the bus, she sees that oh no no pet's allowed on the bus, yeah. so she's got to take pete her her tiny little dog and stuff him down the bag and tell Pete to be quiet and of course it's a it's a long ride where they're going, and Pete has a tiny tiny bladder and yeah, so well, he's, a tiny, he's dog. a tiny dog, and that's going to get them both ejected off of the bus. Uh, she right. decides she's going to walk. She meets a nice young woman who's got a baby, and they're heading to L.A. as well, and maybe they can take her and help her along her way, and as, when he goes to the restroom, the woman steals all of her money, so she's got no money left. She. Needs food, stops at a convenience store, and the clerk there tells her that what the bag of candy bars it's a dollar per candy bar. So it's going to be $18 for the little bag of whatever Snickers that it is. And he is quickly shut down by Marla Gibbs, who people may remember yes. from uh, Marla the, Gibbs. The, I love it. The Jeffersons. Uh, and there's a, a nice moment because she has a son that she says is similar to, to Wendy and they have a nice little conversation about that. And then we get into the one quibble I have with this movie, which is that <laughs> okay. uh clearly Wendy's stuck out of the middle of nowhere. She needs to get someplace else. And so this woman says, well, why don't you, you come back with me? Right, with us. come with us. So they get on the little bus shuttle for Shell Creek Retirement Village, and when they get on the bus, it's still sunlight is out. The sun, it may be setting. Okay, I can give them that. And then they're on the road and they're talking uh, and they're talking and they're talking. And time seems, a lot of time seems to pass. And I thought, how far away from this retirement village is this little shuttle bus taking people to this little town? Um, and I thought, okay, I can, I can deal with that. And then we get the, you know, reveal that the bus driver, who's maybe one of the residents of the retirement village at all,
4: must be, is,
2: is falling asleep at Old the man. wheel falls asleep at the wheel, and then they have a little uh, collision with another vehicle, and Wendy ends up in the hospital with a concussion.
4: So everything surrounding the Retirement Village bus is kind of, it's a real reach, because honestly, you know, then she ends up in the hospital, but what happened to all the other people (laughs) in the bus? And why are they all separated and we never see them again? Right. Like, like, I, I get it. It needs to be done, but the same could be said about like why didn't she shut the door behind her so the dog didn't have to come with then she would have been on the first bus and made it the whole way the first right. time on her yeah. own oh, you know sure, sure, like yeah. simple little things she's she's autistic right. she has a routine, right. maybe she's breaking it. I mean, you can make apologies for all this, but a lot of things were done in service of the crises in the story, and I totally get your quibbles, yes, there. that makes so, sense,
2: but that gets us to the hospital and for me i I thought. We see Wendy's cleverness at this point in terms of, of problem solving yeah. and her plan to escape from the hospital, which is she's getting moved to a different ward. Uh she's been separated from Pete. She knows she needs she still has this deadline she needs to meet. And so as she's being rolled out on the gurney to the other ward, she demands, I have to go to the restroom. And so clever I've never seen it before in a film, and maybe, you know, I'm just naive, but she opens the window but hides in the little cupboard area under the sink. So when the orderly or, you know, nurses, you know, comes in, sees the open window, assumes she's bolted out the window so that when everybody leaves to chase after, she
4: can get out of the restroom, change her clothes... Yes, that is clever. I want to get, but totally unrealistic when thinking about a hospital. <laughs> yes. If it is, I think that's a code Is that a cold blue? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, if that happens, it, yes, a lot of people go and everybody yes. tries to help, but they're, they they do not abandon, <laughs> completely abandon a nurse's no. station, giving people time to do the escape. So again, clever, but yes. not realistic.
2: But at this point, she then, in her attempt to escape um, with her, 500-page script that she carries with her in her backpack that's half open that isn't in an envelope or or held together by a binder clip
4: gets bumped out of her arms and scattered to the wind.
2: So she... she Yeah.
4: Go ahead. I like how they use that. Yeah. I mean especially and for both an emotional kick later in the film when you know it's incomplete and how she needs to try to finish writing but she's still some hundred pages short and then but they found the script i just that stuff i i liked that. yes I, again when these unrealistic things happened that it didn't bother me because those twists and turns were facilitating the greater dramatic pieces of the of the story for yes
2: me. and as she's As we get the clips of her script and we get her, you know, the scenes that she is imagining with Kirk and Spock, we get a little bit more of sort of her personal reflection, uh, you know, insights into herself or her relationship. And it's later on after... uh, you know we see the connection that she's making between a relationship between Kirk and Spock and herself and her sister which for me was was really powerful reveal of you know Wendy look you know identifying with the Spock character her sister as Kirk uh again you don't have to know a whole lot about those, those characters it spells it out, but it was one of those, those moments where I thought, okay, there's a lot of thoughtfulness going on into the character of Wendy. This isn't just a, a a play, a character as a trope of autism, but really some insights into her self-reflection as she's going on this journey to again, accomplish her mission, but also as she's learning to, to grow and exert her, her independence. Um, you know, there it does get very geeky. Uh, she has escaped from the hospital. She's out on the streets, and the you know, there's a, you know, they're searching for her, and we get a pair of cops on the street that, that see her, and one of them happens to be played by Patton Oswalt, who everybody knows is you know sci-fi I... geek fan, right?
4: I thought it was perfect. You call it geeky. I You know, and I didn't know Pat Oswalt was that far. I mean, yes, he's probably known for that, but I didn't know that was his thing. But then they, I mean, they don't, this is again, the beautiful part of the story is that they don't tell you, they just show you. And Pat Oswalt, because his character is going to be as much of a sci-fi fan as the actor is, he just... Knows enough about this missing person that he starts speaking to her in Klingon. (laughs) And it is beautiful because he does it with her and she and they never tell us that she knows that we just know that she's that well read on Star Trek. And then they start communicating in Klingon and it is gorgeous. It is uplifting. It is wonderful. And it and that's that piece that I was talking about in the pre-show where if you don't know what Klingon means... If you don't know that Klingon is a thing, then this might be a little bit of a of a what's going on here thing. But they have it again, an audience surrogate as his partner. Like I didn't know you meant this, and all this, you know, this kind of thing. So yeah. I loved it. Some people are not going to like it, but I loved that connection in the story. Well, the the other bit of Star Trek uh, sort of Easter
2: eggs is that her sister, um, Audrey, is played by Alice Eve, who was in Star Trek Into Darkness, which is one of the newer... Oh,
4: that's right. She is into that. Yes.
2: I didn't think about that. I I don't know if you consider that stunt casting or not, uh, you know... (laughs) No, (laughs) not in this case. (laughs) It's just one of those those coincidences. So, yeah, that was a a very sweet moment.
4: If they would have broke the... The fourth wall and did this whole meta thing <laughs> of like, I wrote you into the script in this character that is your character from another movie that has nothing to do with this universe. Then, then maybe right. it would be stunt casting, but I don't think... But the, yes, the
2: police officer interacting with her in Klingon. Um It's not just that he knows Klingon, but you know, how to de-escalate a situation of a of a person that is feeling, you know, that is a flight risk, that is feeling isolated and scared, and being able to to talk her down to make that common connection of of safety. Uh was was a yeah. beautiful moment. Uh, she gets to the police, she's taken into custody, you know, sister and Scotty arrive. So they're able to then take her to Paramount Pictures where she can, you know, deliver her script. And again, we we sure. get can you just walk on the Paramount Pictures lot? No, not really. Is If there's a no. contest, is the guy...
4: She pulled the P.B. Herman where right. he goes with the tour right. and then walks right. away. Right. Yeah. It, not, not really And common. is
2: the mailroom guy going to really say, I'm sorry you can't hand-deliver this, it has to be, you know, postmarked?
4: Maybe. That I almost believe. Yeah. From my years in L.A., that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. What I really liked with that scene is when she gives the, don't you know who I am? Right. And he immediately, in an L.A. attitude, like, chuckles like, mm, how is this line going to do anything? But then she uses it to her advantage and I, and again like they could still figure out which one is hers in right. the in the bin right. it's not going to be an issue but it was just clever for the use of the story so i was happy
2: with it yes that. and so then she so she's you know mission accomplished she gets her script delivered back at home we get the reveal that okay you know we get her reading the letter you know the results of that but uh, so you know, she doesn't win the contest. I I don't think a 500 page script you know really stood a chance, <laughs> realistically. But it is a, a seven part yes, film. It, yes, you know? it's yeah. a true epic and time traveling and all of these pieces. Uh, but
4: she wrote a mini. But she gets That's a letter from
2: her sister from from Audrey that you know the her niece you know wants to see Wendy. So we get that right. You know. Audrey sees that Wendy is capable of of being responsible and being independent, um, and we get that reconnection of the family. So it's you know, the Star Trek script thing is a you know it's it's that MacGuffin to really just initiate the the journey w- Wendy's journey to overcome barriers to see that she can be you know self-reliant to a certain extent, you know, some lessons that she learns, you know, clearly can't always trust everybody, all those things. And ends, you know, with me, you know, ends with the family together. And for me, it was just, again, like Peanut Butter Falcon, I don't see enough movies like this where it is something that is just a rewarding, straightforward drama. Sure, there's some things that aren't quite realistic, but it doesn't feel so melodramatic. We're not, you yeah. know, manipulating the audience. It's not the tear jerker. Sure, you, you may tear up. I cried oh, a lot. Sure. I cried a lot because yeah. it was very personal But I, d- I don't but feel I, emotionally um, manipulated by this,
4: you know. No, yeah. I, and, and not emotionally manipulated and yet bought in at the same time. So that's why it really works. I think, you know, these movies don't get hyped, but there are people that are seeking these kind of movies out there that aren't, you know, heavy effects. You, we've talked about other ones. I, it, was it The Bachelors? Yes. I, I mean, yeah. we've, we've We've talked about a number of these movies where they are available. They're just a little bit harder to find. They have great casts. They're they're good stories. And you know, if we get into the technical aspects here, like you talked about this this idea, this editing continuity piece of putting on the sweaters, the oneer when Scotty walks in at the beginning when she walks in and goes room to room and around like this i mean i'm just i was like giggling with how happy i was to see this one put on on screen for this movie that i didn't know anything about like it was really well done i I have some frustration about the stock footage of la traffic in it it, once you get to la because i can i I know i've got lots of great shots of la traffic that i can hook them up (laughs) with but uh and they seemed really like tv done but you know regardless um no, I think it was technically a, a really fun movie to watch too. So, these movies are out there and, and people just need to go find them. Oh, the Scotty thing I wanted to tell you about. When when they first, you know, she doesn't necessarily like being touched. Wendy doesn't like being touched so much. Yes. So, yeah. when Scotty and her have this like ritual oh. where they make a big circle yes. that kind of simulates a hug. And then, for, you know, good morning, Wendy. And Wendy says, good morning, Scotty. And immediately I was like, wait a minute. Is she doing, is this like a beam me up thing? Are they doing a star Trek like Scotty thing? But you know, it, it again, service to the film. But, um, but I, I liked uh, all of that. And I think there's lots of people that I would recommend this movie to. I think when I talk about trailer rewind in particular, this is, this is, this is one of those exact kind of movies for trailer rewind. We talk about, I don't think anyone's going to know about this movie. It only made $10,000 in the U S but, um, but there are lots of people I know that are searching for a movie that's not a comic book movie, not a you know, not a sci-fi epic, this kind of thing. That's just a nice drama story that's gonna hit you in the feels and and put you on an interesting little road trip. So I, I like that. Yeah,
2: this is one that, yeah, again, I was really thrilled that that it worked so well that it, you know, again, I started watching it. And I was like, where has Dakota Fanning been? It's nothing, you know, she
4: her sister is doing more work than her. She is. Well, I, th- I see a lot more Elle Fanning than yes. Dakota. I
2: think you know Dakota. She's you know been been doing some TV things. You know maybe just you know toning it down a little bit because when she was younger, she was it seemed like she was everywhere from Charlotte's Web, War of the Worlds, all of that is one of those young child stars. That, you know what is the transition that she makes to an adult? And I for me, I was thrilled to see her in this um, because I, one of the other things is just her performance of the the little things of. Talking to people not making eye contact the, those interactions yeah. felt very um, real. real and authentic to how um people often don't know how to interact um so, you know because you've got people that are just like the 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 ticket agent the second time when she's you know Trying to get her second bus to LA and she's got, you know, just her coins left because, you know, she's been 86 she's cents got 80, or no,
4: 752 or something. Exactly. Like this. And yeah. it's going
2: to be whatever, 20 something dollars for the ticket. And the guy's like, no, just done. I'm like, dude, you do not need to be that rude. Can you not see this is a person that's struggling to understand and communicate? But, you know, she bypasses the whole thing by, you know, again, Hiding with all the, the luggage, which again, <laughs> <laughs> terribly, <laughs> unreal. terribly, unreal. But, but again, yeah. I can, I had so much fun with this. And exactly. it, again, it's just, you know, it's really Tony and Dakota Fanning, really carrying this film between the two of them as we get, you know, even with, with Scotty, her relationship with her son, who sort of is along for the journey because he happened to have, you know, Whatever he did at school, we we don't know, or he ditched school or something like that. And we see her relationship where he's she's asking him questions. He's like, "Mom, don't try and diagnose me," type of of thing. And so her struggles of she's dealing with all these people and she the challenges she has just with her own son. To me, felt again very authentic and, and realistic in terms of the the relationship. So for me, that makes this fit. that's what puts us at the the three point five. Not not quite enough at four, but at a three point five because it is through, thoroughly enjoyable from beginning to end moves along you know as with any road trip you get your little sequences it just keeps the pacing moving along didn't feel at any point like checking my watch or where you know how much is left in this where are we going because we knew very clearly we had a destination to get to and one way or another wendy was determined to get there so the the other thing that I did want to mention, just as with, you know, Peanut Butter Falcon, we talked about that film being recognized for its portrayal of, you know, our main character, Zach, and, you know, actors with, you know, people with, you know, Down syndrome. Uh, this film, uh, when it was released or leading up to its release, there was a Prizio campaign. It's one of those where you can, you know pay $10 and you sort of get into a, a sweepstakes and the, the prize was you know, to attend the, the premiere of the film with Dakota Fanning, but all the funds raised for that supported the Miracle Project, which is a fully inclusive theater, film, and expressive arts program for children, teens, and adults with autism and all abilities. And the Miracle Project focuses on the strengths and abilities inherent in its participants, providing tools to build communication, social skills, job skills, and friendships while developing a unique neuro diverse community. So for me that was, I'll put a link to the Miracle Project in the show notes because again, when you touch on subject matter like this, there's always, you know, I'm always very sensitive to how is this connected to this specific community because again, when you portray any any person from a unique population, what support do you have from that community or, or you know, to really accurately represent the challenges?
4: Well, and you see that that's not, and and that's maybe why this movie didn't have to make a lot of money because yeah. it's more important that the movie gets made and that they put the commentary out there. I also saw that uh, one of the executive producers was Mark Cuban. Okay, yeah. so it's not like it's not like they're looking to recoup the yeah. money; they're looking to. Get this art out there and in the hands of people so they can see it. I, I wish more people had seen it. And hopefully, as a result of this podcast, more people will go and give it a try. As well,
2: well, yeah, it's, you know, Hulu and and Canopy or, you know, if those aren't available to you, it's one that I would say is definitely worth renting because it is... I rented it. I rented it on uh, okay. Hulu. Yeah. yeah, you know, something that, again, I think it's... With this one, I think more so than uh, Peanut Butter Falcon, this is when you can really sit down and enjoy it with the family because there's not yeah. as much sort of fraught tense drama and there's it's not edgy there's not, yes, yeah, you don't get the dark edginess it, yeah. that we right. had in peanut butter falcon exactly
4: yes yeah and, and peanut butter falcon is great i like this one more though to be honest this one was this one was a bigger fan of it and i knew less about this than peanut butter falcon going in so um so that's kind of fun too
2: jj as always it's been a pleasure having a conversation with you about an entertaining find out there in the vast collection of films available on streaming services
4: Thanks. I loved it. This was a great fun. All
2: right. Well, we'll see where our, I think we're getting into darker territory with the next one, JJ. Uh-oh.
4: So you, you, you. I'm covering my But eyes. I,
2: I will let uh, listeners know we're gonna, you're not going to be alone in this one. We're going to get yes, uh, get old exactly. Tommy Handsome to join us another time to discuss. Exactly. Uh, help me watch help, it too. We're going to watch there it There we go. All right. Well, looking forward to seeing you then. Thank you for listening to Trailer Rewind. If anything we said here entertained, educated, or even enraged you, we'd like you to tell people about this podcast. Whatever your listening platform is, please share, rate, or write a short review. It helps other podcast listeners find us. If you enjoy connecting with other film fans, you can become a member of our community on Discord. It's free, and there's always an interesting dialogue or debate to jump into. You can also financially support us on Patreon. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive Discord channels, the opportunity to chat with us live but before we record an episode, and the warm feeling you get knowing you are contributing support to the behind-the-scenes resources that help everyone here at the Next Real Family of Podcasts. So please join us on Discord or become a Patreon supporter. Either way, we would love to have you be part of our community. Hondo!
1: Andy, according to my friend Internet, this is what Letterboxd is.
0: of today I have 246 lists in my account I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool.
1: Maxiest animated characters. Andy, what is this?
0: We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing
1: service. Just use the discount code Next or visit thenextreel.com slash letterbox to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.